two chapter one of henrietta temple this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. henrietta temple by benjamin disraeli book two chapter one partly retrospective yet very necessary to be perused nearly five years had elapsed between the event which formed the subject of our last chapter and the recall to england of the regiment in which captain armine now commanded a company this period of time had passed away not unfruitful of events in the experience of that family in whose fate and feelings i have attempted to interest the reader in this interval ferdinand armine had paid one short visit to his native land a visit which had certainly been accelerated if not absolutely occasioned by the untimely death of his cousin augustus the presumptive heir of grandison this unforeseen event produced a great revolution in the prospects of the family of armine for although the title and an entailed estate devolved to a distant branch the absolute property of the old lord was of great amount and as he had no male heir now living conjectures as to its probable disposition were now rife among all those who could possibly become interested in it whatever arrangement the old lord might decide upon it seemed nearly certain that the armine family must be greatly benefited some persons even went so far as to express their conviction that everything would be left to mr armine who everybody now discovered to have always been a particular favourite with his grandfather at all events sir ratcliffe whoever maintained upon the subject a becoming silence thought it as well that his son should remind his grandfather personally of his existence and it was at his father's suggestion that ferdinand had obtained a short leave of absence at the first opportunity to pay a hurried visit to grandison and his grandfather the old lord yielded him a reception which might have flattered the most daring hopes he embraced ferdinand and pressed him to his heart a thousand times he gave him his blessing in the most formal manner every morning and evening and assured everybody that he now was not only his favourite but his only grandson he did not even hesitate to affect a growing dislike for his own seat because it was not in his power to leave it to ferdinand and he endeavoured to console that fortunate youth for his indispensable deprivation by mysterious intimations that he would perhaps find quite enough to do with his money in completing armine castle and maintaining its becoming splendour the sanguine ferdinand returned to malta with the conviction that he was his grandfather's heir and even sir ratcliffe was almost disposed to believe that his son's expectations were not without some show of probability when he found that lord grandison had absolutely furnished him with the funds for the purchase of his company ferdinand was fond of his profession he had entered it under favourable circumstances he had joined a crack regiment in a crack garrison malta is certainly a delightful station its city valletta equals in its noble architecture if it even do not excel any capital in europe and although it must be confessed that the surrounding region is little better than rock the vicinity nevertheless of barbary of italy and of sicily presents exhaustless resources to the lovers of the highest order of natural beauty in that fair valletta with its streets of palaces its picturesque forts and magnificent church 
only crowned some green and azure island of the ionian sea corfu for instance i really think that the ideal of landscape would be realized to ferdinand who was inexperienced in the world the dissipation of malta too was delightful it must be confessed that under all circumstances the first burst of emancipation from domestic routine hath in it something fascinating however you may be indulged at home it is impossible to break the chain of childish associations it is impossible to escape from the feeling of dependence and the habit of submission charming hour when you first order your own servants and ride your own horses instead of your father's it is delightful even to kick about your own furniture and there is something manly and magnanimous in paying our own taxes young lively kind accomplished good-looking and well-bred ferdinand armine had in him all the elements of popularity and the novelty of popularity quite intoxicated a youth who had passed his life in a rural seclusion where he had been appreciated but not huzzaed ferdinand was not only popular but proud of being popular he was popular with the governor he was popular with his colonel he was popular with his mess he was popular throughout the garrison never was a person so popular as ferdinand armine he was the best rider among them and the deadliest shot and he soon became an oracle at the billiard-table and a hero in the racket-court his refined education however fortunately preserved him from the fate of many other lively youths he did not degenerate into a mere hero of sports and brawls the genius of male revels the arbiter of roistering suppers and the comus of a club his boyish feelings had their play he soon exuded the wanton heat of which a public school would have served as a safety valve he returned to his books his music and his pencil he became more quiet but he was not less liked if he lost some companions he gained many friends and on the whole the most boisterous wassailers were proud of the accomplishments of their comrade and often an invitation to a mess dinner was accompanied by a hint that armine dined there and that there was a chance of hearing him sing ferdinand now became as popular with the governor's lady as with the governor himself was idolized by his colonel's wife while not a party throughout the island was considered perfect without the presence of mr armine excited by his situation ferdinand was soon tempted to incur expenses which his income did not justify the facility of credit afforded him not a moment to pause everything he wanted was furnished him and until the regiment quitted the garrison he was well aware that a settlement of accounts was never even desired amid this imprudence he was firm however in his resolution never to trespass on the resources of his father it was with difficulty that he even brought himself to draw for the allowance which sir ratcliffe insisted on making him and he would gladly have saved his father from making even this advance by vague intimations of the bounty of lord grandison had he not feared this conduct might have led to suspicious and disagreeable inquiries it cannot be denied that his debts occasionally caused him anxiety but they were not considerable he quieted his conscience by the belief that if he were pressed his grandfather could scarcely refuse to discharge a few hundred pounds for his favourite grandson and at all events he felt that the ultimate resource of selling his commission was still reserved for him 
if these vague prospects did not drive away compunction the qualms of conscience were generally allied in the evening assembly in which his vanity was gratified at length he paid his first visit to england that was a happy meeting his kind father his dear dear mother and the faithful glastonbury experienced some of the most transporting moments of their existence when they beheld with admiring gaze the hero who returned to them their eyes were never satiated with beholding him they hung upon his accents then came the triumphant visit to grandison and then ferdinand returned to malta in the full conviction that he was the heir to fifteen thousand a year among many other there is one characteristic of capitals in which valetta is not deficient the facility with which young heirs apparent presumptive or expectant can obtain any accommodation they desire the terms never mind the terms whoever thinks of them as for ferdinand armine who as the only son of an old baronet and the supposed future inheritor of armine park had always been looked upon by tradesmen with a gracious eye he found that his popularity in this respect was not at all diminished by his visit to england and its supposed consequences slight expressions uttered on his return in the confidence of convivial companionship were repeated misrepresented exaggerated and circulated in all quarters we like those whom we love to be fortunate everybody rejoices in the good luck of a popular character and soon it was generally understood that ferdinand armine had become next in the entail to thirty thousand a year and a peerage moreover he was not long to wait for his inheritance the usurers pricked up their ears and such numerous proffers of accommodation and assistance were made to the fortunate mr armine that he really found it quite impossible to refuse them or to reject the loans that were almost forced on his acceptance ferdinand armine had passed the rubicon he was in debt if youth but knew the fatal misery that they are entailing on themselves the moment they accept a pecuniary credit to which they are not entitled how they would start in their career how pale they would turn how they would tremble and clasp their hands in agony at the precipice of which they are disporting debt is the prolific mother of folly and of crime it taints the course of life in all its dreams hence so many unhappy marriages so many prostituted pens and venal politicians it hath a small beginning but a giant's growth and strength when we make the monster we make our master who haunts us at all hours and shakes his whip of scorpions for ever in our sight the slave hath no overseer so severe faustus when he signed the bond with blood did not secure a doom more terrific but when we are young we must enjoy ourselves true and there are few things more gloomy than the recollection of a youth that has not been enjoyed what prosperity of manhood what splendour of old age can compensate for it wealth is power and in youth of all seasons of life we require power because we can enjoy everything that we can command what then is to be done i leave the question to the schoolmen because i am convinced that to moralize with the inexperienced availeth nothing the conduct of men depends upon their temperament not upon a bunch of musty maxims no one had been educated with more care than ferdinand armine 
in no heart had stricter precepts of moral conduct ever been instilled but he was lively and impetuous with a fiery imagination violent passions and a daring soul sanguine he was as the day he could not believe in the night of sorrow and the impenetrable gloom that attends a career that has failed the world was all before him and he dashed at it like a young charger in his first strife confident that he must rush to victory and never dreaming of death thus would i attempt to account for the extreme imprudence of his conduct on his return from england he was confident in his future fortunes he was excited by the applause of the men and the admiration of the women he determined to gratify even to satiety his restless vanity he broke into profuse expenditure he purchased a yacht he engaged a villa his racing horses and his servants exceeded all other establishments except the governor's in breeding in splendour and in number occasionally wearied with the monotony of malta he obtained a short leave of absence and passed a few weeks at naples palermo and rome where he glittered in brilliant circles and whence he returned laden with choice specimens of art and luxury and followed by the report of strange and flattering adventures finally he was the prime patron of the maltese opera and brought over a celebrated prima donna from san carlo in his own vessel in the midst of his career ferdinand received intelligence of the death of lord grandison fortunately when he received it he was alone there was no one therefore to witness his blank dismay when he discovered that after all he was not his grandfather's heir after a vast number of trifling legacies to his daughters and their husbands and their children and all his favourite friends lord grandison left the whole of his property to his granddaughter catherine the only remaining child of his son who had died early in life and the sister of the lately deceased augustus what was to be done now his mother's sanguine mind for Lady Armine broke to him the fatal intelligence, already seemed to anticipate the only remedy for this unjust will. It was a remedy, delicately intimated, but the intention fell upon a fine and ready ear. Yes, he must marry. He must marry his cousin. He must marry Catherine Grandison. Ferdinand looked around him at his magnificent rooms, the damask hangings of Tunis, the tall mirrors from Marseilles, the inlaid tables the marble statues and the alabaster vases that he had purchased at florence and at rome and the delicate mats that he had himself imported from algiers he looked around and he shrugged his shoulders all this must be paid for thought he and alas how much more and then came across his mind a recollection of his father and his cares and innocent armine and dear glastonbury and his sacrifice ferdinand shook his head and sighed how have i repaid them thought he thank god they know nothing thank god they have only to bear their own disappointments and their own privations but it is in vain to moralize the future not the past must be my motto to retreat is impossible i may yet advance and conquer catherine grandison only think of my little cousin kate for a wife they say that it is not the easiest task in the world to fan a lively flame in the bosom of a cousin the love of cousins is proverbially not 
of a very romantic character. "'Tis well I have not seen her much in my life, and very little of late. Familiarity breeds contempt, they say. Will she dare to despise me?' He glanced at the mirror. The inspection was not unsatisfactory. Plunged in profound meditation, he paced the room. End of Book Two, Chapter One